0: All right, we are live. Oh, this is exciting. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about suicides in the spring. I know you guys are like, well, oh, that's heavy. It is heavy, Um, but we need to talk about it because springtime is the time when there is an increase in suicides. And um, so we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it so that we can preemptive strike it. Uh, I know it's, uh, it's not the best or easiest conversation to have with people. But uh, if we don't have these conversations, then uh, that's, it, it actually takes place. I'm sorry, I'm playing with the sound right now. Um, so, you know, that's what's interesting about life. The things that we don't talk about are then the things that uh, grow and fester and take place And it's the things that we do talk about That, that get resolved and managed And uh, and uh, mitigated, right? I don't know if mitigated is the word But you understand what I'm saying So, um, But we're going to talk about some other things Before we get into talking about uh, uh, suicides in the spring And the reason why we're talking about that Is because, uh, you know, there's the common notion that in winter, winter time is a time we need to be concerned about people with depression and suicide, but actually those numbers go down. Depression is is up in the winter, but uh, in terms of uh, suicides, the completed suicides, those increase in the uh, in the in the springtime. So especially uh, mid-May, there are psychiatrists uh, who call it, the witching hour, actually. So, but we're going to get into that. But we always start off every podcast with the 1-800-SUICIDE number, S-U-I-C-I-D-E. Call that number. If you need someone to talk to, if, um, you know, I emphasize this over and over again, there's no hierarchy of pain there's someone who is going through what you're going through um, or even if not, can relate on some level. Of course, all of our experiences are uh, individual and personal to us. But overall, we are all struggling uh, or managing or have struggled or dealt with uh, the same emotions. You know, emotions are universal Whether it's a feeling of overwhelm, um, anger, anxiety, uh, excitement, or joy, or confusion, uh, curiosity, all those feelings, uh, melancholy, um, uh, you know, uh, happiness. We we all, no matter what culture, no matter where in the world you are, those feelings exist of, uh, of love, of fear. We all have those. So no matter what you see on Instagram, no matter what you heard out there on the streets, everybody like to act like, you know, life is great all the time. And you have those people with the social media pages that only show them with smiles on their faces and, um, you know, uh, that they're just thriving and killing it all the time. I follow The Rock on social media, and I like him because he's even killed. You know what I really like about The Rock? He curses. You know, he's not trying to play this, you know, like he's so just nice and uh, PC and, um, you know, he'll throw, he'll say the F word. And he'll use profanity in his post. It's something about that that makes him real because he could easily betray himself as a squeaky clean guy because, I I mean, it's like you never hear about him uh, in the news, but he, uh, oh, that's my neighbor upstairs. Um, But, yeah, you know, he throws out some profanity. And there's research that shows that people who curse are more trustworthy. I know. People who curse are more trustworthy. Now, there's research that shows a lot of things, right? That <laughs> depends on uh, who's conducting the research. So, take that with a grain of salt. But, but I believe it. You know, the people I know who who curse, they it's because they are really passionate about what they feel and what they think, and they and they really believe in. And what they're saying and what they're doing, and, and they are trying to communicate that and get that across uh, by any means necessary. And then the people who don't use profanity, uh, they uh, usually are up to more sinister means. I, I don't know that for sure. Now I'm just stereotyping. But uh, but my point is is that call that one 800 S U I C I D E. If you need to, if if you need to call it for someone else, call it for, call it for them. You know to, to so. Or if you've lost someone to it, they can walk you through your emotions or at least direct you to the right resources. So do that. Uh, all right. With that out the way, I uh, I have some. I want to say huge shout out. To uh, Houston, I was just doing some shows in Houston, Texas. Amazing shows. They, uh, you know, they were almost they were pretty much packed out shows. My sister came uh, and brought my nephew, who I haven't seen in years. I have three sisters. For those of you who don't know, and my oldest sister came. I don't know. She's maybe about fifty. She she don't really tell nobody her age. You know, I, I feel like. After a certain age, people know you old, you know, just just throw your number out there. It don't it don't matter after, you know, once the, the wrinkles are, are, are you see the wrinkles on the neck and in the, and the forehead and, uh, you know, around the eye. Just go ahead, throw your number out there. Don't you know, and be it's it's not it's not the numbers it's how you feel and how you look, because I know people in their 20s and they look and move like they in their 80s. And I know people in the 80s and they look and move like they're in their 20s. There's a show on Netflix, or there was a show, I think it got canceled, called One Day at a Time. And I forget the name of the, the, the grandma. It's a, it's a Spanish, I mean, it's, a, it's an English sitcom, but uh, it's, it revolves around a Spanish uh, or a Cuban, Cuban family. I believe they're Cuban. And the grandmother in real life is 81. And on this show, she is dancing and twirling and doing backflips and and shucking and jiving and having a great time. And she is 81. She was just on Jimmy Kimmel. It's eating me up that I don't remember her name. But uh, it's it's your age does not dictate your I'm going to find out right now. Gosh, darn it. Uh, the IMDB, what's this lady's name? It's like Gina, uh, 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 not Rita, oh, Rita Moreno, R-I-T-A-M-O-R-E-N-O, Rita Moreno. She is 81 years old and she looks gorgeous. She's beautiful. She's beautiful and just full of energy, so... Uh, and you got like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is uh, in his uh, late sixties, maybe early seventies. You know, pro uh, NBA player. There's just there's so many people out there who are um, you know in their later years that are still thriving and killing the game. So don't 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 let your age you know define you, and don't. You know that I'm getting old. Nobody, what do you? Nobody's getting old. Nobody's getting old. We're just we're maturing. We're gathering experiences, as you should be. Um, and you know, Houston, like I said, dope shows, fun shows. I felt like I really grew. I am including uh, learning and growing in my vernacular. I, you know, it's part of that growth mindset, that whatever I do, I ask myself. Am I learning and am I growing? And, you know, I ta- alluded to this, alluded, talked about it a little bit in uh, my previous podcast with, what's his name? Eric Lopez. We were talking about relationships and business. Check out the episode. It was great. Uh, we talked about uh, wealth building tips in that one also. But learning and growing, like the people that you have in your life, that that's how you, that's who you decide who stays in and, and who goes out. And I know that there are people in your life, you, you can't, we can't manage everybody in our life, right? Like it's, it's ridiculous. There, you know, this guy Yuval Harari was talking about how on Facebook, if you, you can just unfriend somebody and that's so easy, but you can't unneighbor someone, right? You, you just, yeah, maybe you could stop talking to your neighbor, but they're still right there and you're still aware of them. And you could hear them mowing the lawn and you know, leaving for work in the morning and barbecuing on the weekends. You can't unneighbor your neighbor. So we have to learn how to work and talk to and communicate and collaborate with our neighbors. And the same thing with ourselves, we can't unself ourselves. So we have to figure out, ooh, I like that, unself ourselves. But we so we have to figure out how to live with, work with, manage and and appreciate and love and nurture ourselves. Right. Uh, Speaking of which, where's my? uh, So I'm also Facebook Living, So anybody, uh, I'm I'm holding up a book. is called a self help book. I found this at some specialty boutique store or whatever. And, you know, one of those stores just has a bunch of cool stuff in there, like Paper Source is one of those stores. They have a bunch of cool stuff in there. And it's just blank pages. It's not, you know, there's nothing written in there. And the idea with this uh, self-help book that uh, I'm holding up is that you are writing in the things that help you. Like you, it's up to you, like you have to figure out and learn what works best for you? Like how much sleep do you need? Not how much sleep does the science say Not How much sleep does your doctor or your parents or whoever, or your neighbor? It's like you being aware of how much sleep do you need? Um, what foods uh, give you energy? What foods zap your energy? Because you know, the science it, it's, we're still learning about these things and the, the, the quality of food that we're taking in is constantly changing. For instance, you know, the milk here in America is processed differently than milk made in Europe. So the milk here might upset your stomach, but if you had milk or bread in Europe, you may have no reaction to it and it would be fine, which is what my experience has been. So that's why it's important for you to keep a journal and 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 write down what works for you what doesn't work for you what bothers you what what makes you feel uncomfortable what um what excites you what what you know what leaves you in awe and what has you curious like what are you curious about write those things down what what exercises make you feel tall and engaged and what make what exercises make you feel tight and short, you know, uh, what kind of workouts, how long should your workout be? Some, you know, I go hiking and I'll do these sometimes three to five hour hikes and I'm exhausted. I don't want to do anything after, but if I do like a quick 20 minute workout or even just mobility routine, which I'll start posting those on YouTube pretty soon. I've been saying that forever, but I've been saying I was going to do this podcast forever and now I'm doing it. Excuse me. So, you know, you want to write those things down because we forget, we forget about the things that give us life, the things that give us hope, the things that nurture our soul. We forget about those things sometimes. So it's important to write those down. A book um and uh, YouTube videos, this podcasts. We can we can only guide you. We can only nudge you. We can only encourage you. We can only give you our blueprint. Um, and but you have to fill in the rest of the blanks. You have to take it and make it your own. We all we're all artists of our lives. We're all creators of our lives. And uh, and what a good creator does. I'm reading this book now called. The creative curve, you know, people who are creative, they're not creating something new, right? There's nothing new under the sun. We've established that. What they are doing is taking what is under the sun and then they're making it their own, right? They're taking, they're taking painting, painters are looking at other paintings and then figuring out, oh, how do I fit into this, you know, what can I create that kind of separates me from everybody else, but, you know, is along the same lines. If you look at movies. That's why a lot of movies are the same, right? Same plot. You see a horror movie. Um, I haven't, what was it, La La It looks just like The Conjuring. And um, uh, oh, what was oh other one? Not, there's The Conjuring. There's just like a whole uh, group of movies that are in this same type of, you know, uh, family is haunted by someone from, you know, from the past, and they're stuck in a house. Like I don't, I don't understand how you're stuck in a house. That, you know, you just leave the house, leave the house. Something, something's not right. But they stay in the house for whatever reason, and and they're, and they're terrified and tortured by it, um, of the paranormal activity. You know, it's it's all the same, it's all the same thing. So, create your life look at look at how other people are living their lives and take what you like, leave what you don't and and then move you know you you move forward and don't be afraid to ask for help that's the that's you know that's the big part of life right not being afraid to ask for help is i know it's such a challenge, but um you have to ask for help for people uh around you all right, so with that said. What what else are we talking about? I had great. Oh, my Uber drivers. Okay. I know you guys are like, yo, man, don't you going to talk about the spring suicide? We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But I do want to share. I have the craziest Uber drivers. They're nuts. They're insane. They... uh I I love I don't always love talking to my Uber drivers because you know sometimes I'm, I'm going to the airport at six in the morning uh, or I, sometimes my flight's at six which was the case this time going to uh, Texas but um, so I had to get up at four a.m. in the morning I was not happy about that. Did not want to talk to my Uber driver. And my Uber driver was trying to talk to me. And I got my headphones on. Hey, yo, pipe pipe down, Uber driver. Pipe down. But I tell you what, though. When I was in Houston, uh, I had a really dope Uber driver. This dude, he used to live in Newport Beach, California. Very wealthy place uh, in California. And was a multi-millionaire. Now he's driving Uber huge fall from, uh, his financial position. And I asked him, I said, how, are, how are you coping mentally, emotionally with the, with the difference in financial status? Cause you live in Newport beach, a very wealthy place. You're a multimillionaire there. And then you moved to Houston and now you're an Uber driver and, and not to knock Uber drivers. I, I didn't mean it like that, but it's like if he was an Uber driver and then became a multimillionaire, I'd be like, Oh, you know, you're 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 moving uh financially and, you know, up, but it's hard emotionally, mentally to move financially down. It regardless of whether you're going from it's like <laughs> it'll be like at the end of the year, you know, you're expecting a pay raise, but instead your boss is like, uh, we're actually going to take some money away from you. You're going to get a pay deduction. Yeah, you're going to take a, you're going to get a, you're going to lose $2,000 next year. But if, you know, you get it together, then we'll up it. So it's like that, you know, like that's tough. A financial hit is just tough on a lot of people and uh, can throw people off and he seemed to be happy. And that's really why I was asking him because he seemed to be very content and happy Uh, with where he was. So I asked him, I was like, you know, how would you manage that? He said one uh, was his faith, you know, he's a Christian, and he said, you know, his Christian values um, have have given him the strength to carry on and move on and not define himself by his, uh, his financial status or his socioeconomic status. And then, two, he said, um, um, you know, he has a family. He's married with uh, kids, and the kids are doing well, and he has grandkids. And he, he understood that the reason that he used to own a, a business, a company, and the, uh, due to, you know, circumstances or whatever, the, the business dried up basically, and and you know, so now he's he's in Houston doing what he does but he said, you know he, he just, he took it all in stride, it, it wasn't like he made huge errors or he tried to screw somebody over or anything like that, it was just it's just nature, you know, that the tides ebb and flow and and that's how he looked at it, and I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's great, and then he told me that you know when he did have his business, and I forgot how he got into this. He had lunch with Trump, and before you cut it off, I, I I just you need to hear this story. It's it was so I was shocked, and when I tell the people about this, they're shocked, um, and I'm sure some of you may already know this, but I, I, basically, uh, my Uber driver, we'll call him Rick, Rick. Uh, is at dinner at the Plaza Hotel that Trump owned. This is in the 90s. And uh, Rick is there with his employees. And of course, because they're his employees, he's covering dinner. Trump walks in and knows one of Rick's employees. Why does Trump know his employee? Because Trump's employee used to coach Trump at, at Wharton. Trump, used to be a baseball player. I had no idea. He played basketball and baseball. He played baseball to the point where he was being recruited by uh, the Phillies. Yeah, he was being recruited as a pitcher to go to the Phillies. I had no idea that Trump was even Major League Baseball caliber. Are you kidding me? There's nothing about Trump that ever said to me that uh, he's an athlete. And apparently trump is tall he's i'm six one and a half and uh, I think he i think Trump is like six two or six three and i was i'm just I was completely floored by the whole thing so of course I had to google it I was like trump really you're um uh you know you're playing baseball and sure enough there were articles about trump being recruited and it turned out that Trump never really wanted to go into the family business. He really wanted to go uh, play professional football. But his father, who I heard uh, is you know n- not not the best of character, probably like the father on Billions. Um, if you watch Billions, the um, there's there's no um, no spoilers here. But um, the Attorney General's father is. Uh, just brutal and, um, uh, myopic, uh, to say the least. But, um, so, you know, force Trump to give up his dreams of playing baseball, which is ironic because you would think that Trump, the guy who's always talking about negotiating, would, uh, be able to negotiate with his father, uh, on a way for him to play baseball and not run the business. But, you know, uh, as luck would have it, that's what happens when we don't pursue our dreams. We go into something we don't really want to do. And uh and and so now he is where he is. Um but yeah, I was completely <laughs> I was completely blown away. I was like, wow that dude. Because you see that throughout history, where people you have like Hitler um and George Bush, who they were They had some other passion, some other love that was unrequited, unfulfilled, blocked, thwarted. Um, And so that energy went to something else. and, And usually it was not for the betterment of society. So that's why I encourage you guys, you listeners out there, men, women, children, Husbands, mothers, wives, daughters, whatever you are passionate about, it behooves you to pursue it because otherwise your energy is is not going to, usually your energy won't go into the healthiest of places. Uh, Also, you know, part of it depends on, you know, why you felt like you, you couldn't pursue it. Excuse me. You know, like for me, like I played football and, you know, I hurt my neck. So, yeah, there was some grieving and that and was painful, but not necessarily any anger because I didn't feel like there was anything malicious that happened to me or there was an enemy who blocked my attempt. But if I felt like I couldn't play football because, you know, because of an enemy of a foe or some evildoer, then, uh, you know, I'd be... I might be looking for revenge, you know, which of course I don't condone. I do not condone. But you know, it's all about energy. Your anger is energy. Your anxiety is energy. Your your love, your passion, your joy, your astonishment, your uh, your playfulness. It's all energy, you know, and it, it's up to you to determine what direction you want to go with that energy. All right. So with that said, I do, I really want to, I want to get into uh, spring suicides. And the reason why this is important is because it is April 1st, April 1st. And the middle of April, the middle of April is called the witching hour. Because it, it, and it refers to I forget what it refers to really But the witching hour I think is is Like 3 to 4 Or 2 to 4 in the morning Where no good is done it's Where all the, all the Evil deeds take place When, when That's when trouble brews Right? At, during the witching hour And People usually say oh it's after midnight Nah midnight's good 1am's good but as you get closer to 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. and 4 like oh that's a that's not a good time it, you know you're not making you're not making rational decisions at that time basically and um so middle of april same thing same effect um spring suicides increase year every year the the the, the stats and the studies have shown an increase um consistently in the spring, April, May, June. We or April, May, June, you know, you start getting into summer. And uh there's a few reasons. There's a few reasons for that. One is um uh the the sun's out and you're like, oh yeah duh, the sun is out. What the the sun being out, what that does is it triggers uh serotonin, which is our feel-good drug, our happiness drug, right? And you would think hey, Leo, that's a good thing, right? Like, oh, my, my serotonin is up. I feel happy. I feel joy. There's no way I I'd, I'd, I'd think about uh, you know, a suicide attempt. However, as we start to feel happy and joy, um, that then gives us energy, right? Serotonin makes us feel happy. It gives us energy. And it also uh, can cause a little agitation. And here's why. As our serotonin levels go up, our melatonin levels go down, and our melatonin is what helps us to sleep, right? You're like Leo, where's this going? So as we all know, when we can't sleep, we're agitated, and it, 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 it causes a depression and sad. Like it's just a weight gain. Like there's a myriad of things that happen in people who don't get enough sleep. That's why it's the first level of torture uh, if, you, if you get kidnapped. Just know that that's, they're not, don't worry about the bats and uh, uh, the electric shock. They're just going to keep sleep deprivation. That's the number one tool in the world for, for torture, right? So you, So what happens is your energy levels go up, but you are sleeping less, so you have more energy and you're getting less sleep. So that creates a state of agitation. And and it's really prevalent. It's really prevalent in people who have been diagnosed with bipolar, right? So if you're a person who's already prone to manic depressions and and those cycles, whether you're you're you your, uh, your cyclothymic, you, you you cycle quickly or you have long cycles of manic depression, uh, you know, extending months um, uh, versus uh, days or weeks, then the change in um, uh, the the, the uh, what was it? The, uh, circadian rhythm. The changing your circadian rhythm uh, that can um, that can trigger, um, you know, agitation and restlessness because you have more energy, but now you're getting less sleep because your melatonin levels have decreased, and your body's a, and basically your body's a, is adjusting. So while your body's adjusting to the, the spring and uh, the, the, the new am- the, the amount, the increase in sunlight and the increase in serotonin and the decrease in, in mel, it's like, it's almost, think of spring as uh, if you're on meds and somebody comes in and changes your meds and doesn't even tell you, you have no idea, right? So you're not, you're not aware of why you feel the sudden change. And I feel it too. Like I, I don't. I've never been diagnosed with bipolar, but I've been diagnosed with borderline schizophrenia. I've been border, uh, diagnosed with OCD, um, and uh, uh, not depression, but dysthymia, which is like a low-level depression, uh, like a melancholy, so to speak. So the you know I. I want to sleep more. I could eat less, uh, and and those are those are signs of um, you know the not getting uh, increase in serotonin and decrease in melatonin. Those are signs when you when uh of of uh, what do they call it? Um, Blah blah blah. My brain. Oh, sickness behavior. That's what they call it. Sickness behavior, where you are uh, getting less sleep and your appetite is actually uh, less. And then you have a low, like everything goes down, less sleep, less appetite, low sex drive, uh, uh, less, uh, socializing. So you, you just, you're, you're just, uh, decreasing all. It's almost like you're going in standby mode. It's almost like you're trying to shut things off because you're, you're too overstimulated. Right. and, so it becomes really important for you to eat a well-balanced diet. If you have too many carbs, you know, as we know, sugar, that could really throw off your circadian rhythm. That could throw off your hormone levels. That can throw off uh, your energy levels. And so you really want to eat. This is a good time to, to lean towards a ketogenic diet. And we've talked about that in um, a previous episode um, there's an episode called uh, Diet for Depression or Eating for Depression or something like that. I forget what it is. But it's an earlier episode. But check that out, and, um, and you want to subscribe to that. Check out the keto, which is more. A ketogenic diet is high-protein, high-fat, um, low-carbs, low-grains, um, low uh, lots of vegetables and greens. I definitely want to hydrate right now. Hydration right now is so important for the other reason that um, spring suicides increase in that it also increases inflammation in the body. Now, why is that? Because of the increase in pollen levels. When there's an increase in pollen, then there's an increase in allergies, right? You have allergic reactions. And allergic reactions are... Inflammation in the body and in depression, dementia, Alzheimer's, a lot of mood disorders, a lot of, um, chronic, uh, brain disorders from, like I said, dementia and Alzheimer's, all those have been linked to inflammation. And there are different things that can cause inflammation in the body from processed foods, not getting enough sleep, um, working out too hard, working out too little, um, your and but also spring, allergies, 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 allergies. Those things can create uh, inflammation in the body. All right. And because so what happens is is that when we have allergies, you have the runny nose and a and a watery eyes, it releases cytokines in the body. I know I'm getting real scientific cytokines. So it releases cytokines in the body and cytokines um, actually promote inflammation, right? So the cytokines, they attack your immune system and then they go, oh yeah, we're in there now. Now, now we can inflame the body. And that's why you might feel a little swollen, a little puffy. You could even like look at your midsection Uh, you're like, man, I had abs this morning. And now I look like, you know, just fished me out the river. Those are cytokines getting up in there, causing inflammation, your neck pain. You might feel a little brain fog, cytokines. Um, so, those come also with the spring. You know, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, it's the spring, it's, it's going to be uh, beautiful flowers and birds are singing, but it also brings those cytokines that cause people to, uh, to flare up and, uh, you know, not, not feel well. It, it increases depression and all those things. The other thing that can cause inflammation in the body is air pollution. So like I live in LA and, you know, it doesn't rain a lot. So air pollution, breathing in those irritants, the, 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 the chemicals in the air, the, all that uh, the, the, the stuff from the cars and the butt, whatever. All that stuff gets in your system. You're breathing that in. Even artificial air fresheners. Oh, man. Don't even get me started. I hate artificial air fresheners. I could immediately feel my body <clears throat> reacting to it. I hate, In the building I live in, they put them all over the building. And especially in hotels, that's, you know, a lot of people think they can't sleep in hotels because it's a different bed. You can't sleep in hotels because they pump smells throughout the hotel, these artificial scents that make it make it feel like, oh, this is this is beautiful. This is clean, but it's causing inflammation and the more inflamed you are. And then they lock the windows. So you got locked windows and then they're just shooting these irritants through the air. That's why I prefer an Airbnb. I, I don't, you know, I'll stay at a hotel because of the social factor. Um, they have a cool lounge, uh, the room service because, you know, I'll, when I'm on the road, I ain't trying to, I'm not doing laundry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the air pollution. So when we think about air pollution, is not just about what's coming from the cars and trucks. It's about uh, artificial air fresheners. What are you washing your clothes with? Are you are you washing it with um, hypoallergenic uh, products? Or are you using downy and all these other artificial uh, scents? Candles, a lot of people, love, I love candles. I, My friend, uh, she has a candle company, Excelsior Candle, amazing, all natural. I could light those and smell those all day. I'll put a link to Excelsior Candles in the show notes. Um, And what else did I I mention earlier? I was like, let me put that. I forget. Anyway, but the candles. So check, check the candles, read it. It should be a soy or vegetable candle. If you have a candle that says soy blend, you don't want to blend. That means it's also blended with artificial stuff. You want 100% soy or vegetable candle that burns cleanly. So if if you get anything else, if you get a, a, what's the other, I forget what the, the the wax candle that it, it usually has so many chemicals in there, and I could immediately feel like my nose start to. I'm like, oh man, I can't breathe. I can't people put down that um when they, if they have carpet and they put down the air freshener on a carpet? uh it it's everywhere. It's in that new car smell. It's an irritant. It's an irritant to your inflammation those cytokines man just running amok so just know that this is important because a lot of times when people are going through depression or melancholy or a low period we often attribute it to our character that oh I don't want to get out of bed because I'm lazy it has nothing to do with you being lazy it has has more to do with biology it has, uh, you know, environment. Now, of, you know, of course, you can't just be laying in bed every day and be like, oh, it's societal kinds. You know, I'm not saying use that as an excuse not to go to work or not to go to school or do your homework or not get up and move and, and hit the gym. But what I am saying is don't beat yourself up about how you feel, right? That That's really what we're talking about is, is just being aware of why you might be feeling the way you do so that you know that it's not permanent you know spring does not last forever it does not last forever but spring is when um it really does get triggered the the, the ideations and the um um uh, you know the 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 completions, those numbers, they go up in the spring and for a reason. And so we need to be aware of. So one of the things in terms of the the, uh, pollen or pollen count, how do you say pollen? Pollen, I think it's pollen count. Um, The research shows that 30 to 100 grains increase suicide. So I don't know what grains are, but if, if you're a person who really is affected by the pollen count, know that once it's over 30, that, you know, that that's where the, the the trouble can be in. And so really do a great job of, and I don't know what, you know, if you have really bad allergies, I I didn't, I didn't take the time. I just realized I should have, uh, to look at like what to do to re to reduce your, uh, your allergy symptoms. But if you have allergies, you can talk to your doctor and say, hey, I have really bad allergies. I'm also, you know, taking meds for depression and um, or, you know, bipolar, me, whatever you're taking it for. And, you know, you're concerned, and so you really want to find what you're really looking for is a natural way to combat allergies. And you're also looking for a natural way to... Um, uh, uh, not in, you're looking for ways to not to make sure you're not doing things to make it worse, that and that's usually what happens is that we don't realize if if there's a high pollen count, say like it's around 100, right? That's a dangerous number, and you're living in a place with high air pollution, and then you and your house have a lot of uh, environmental uh, irritants, and then on, you know with the air fresheners and uh, the artificial scents. And then on top of that, you're eating a high inflammatory diet. Well, then you don't stand, you know, you're, you're really minimizing your chances. You're really, you're really stacking a deck up against yourself. So you, uh, take whatever manageable, measurable, practical steps you can to reduce it, to, to, to navigate through the spring so that uh, you can be here for the summer, you know, um, it, it's, uh, you know, cause people think that, uh, uh, you know, yesterday I spent most of my day, uh, in bed. I mean, I, I got up and I trained my clients and, you know, I went to work and, but I didn't work out. I ate like crap, I ate ice cream. Um, it just, it, it wasn't a very, uh, productive day. I, I did the bare minimum yesterday. And now today I'm up and thriving and running around and getting stuff done. And But that's just, and that's how quick it can be. Like one day you're just down and out and, um, you know, uh, curtains pulled, door locked, and just, you know, just in the cave. And then the next day you're you're running around getting stuff done, just uh, some journaling, I worked out, and you know, I'm eating well, like, you know, like I'm back on track. I'm excited. I, I'm planning things. I, I set some things up, um, and you know, so you just have to know. Like, you, you know, there's a quote that says, "You have to be okay with not being okay." Right? You have to be okay, and, and just know because it's, it's it's not a permanent state. Um, it ebbs and flows. There was this, I was reading this thing about binge eating because you know for those of you who've been tuning in, I, you know, I have bouts where I'm just like ice cream, cupcakes, you know, sweets. And that, but part of that comes from my childhood where uh, we didn't call it binge eating. It was just, you just ate. It was just people eating, you know, it wasn't a big deal. And so there was no shame around it. There was no shame around getting a second, third or fourth uh, plate of food, or uh, another slice of pie. There was zero shame around it. And now, um, you know, the, the the media and the books are like, uh, you know, there's so much shame. It's like, oh, you're binge eating and uh, you're not supposed to do that. And, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and so now it's just changed my relationship with food. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know. I'm sorry, I, you know. But uh, but, so, you know, a lot of what we do is is what we've been socialized to do right and but then, once you become aware of it and and you go, "Oh, I can't continue because I'm also not as active as I was when I was a kid i you know, I could work that stuff off real easy, you know, ripping and running, play basketball for five hours. You didn't have to worry about what you were stuffing in in your face, but now. Uh, I'm not playing basketball at all. If I am, it's a video game. I got a joystick in my hand, and it's uh, it's NBA 2K. You understand? You understand me? Um, so you know, I want to reiterate that suicide has uh less to do with being in a a depressed mood and more to do with being with having agitated energy. I'm gonna say that again. Suicide has less to do with a depressed mood, and has more to do with agitated energy. It goes back to uh, increasing serotonin, so we're increasing your energy, but then we decrease the melatonin, so we're decreasing your sleep. And we all know that when you have less sleep or you can't sleep as much, it creates a sense of agitation. So if you have energy with agitation and restlessness, and then you throw on impulsivity on top of that, you you have a recipe um, for uh, disaster, basically. So it's not a, it's not a good thing, and and especially people who already have been diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia, they really need to be on the alert for um, the change in their circadian rhythm, right? Um, so uh, you know. Look out if you have kids, if you have someone in your life that, that you're monitoring and looking out for, look to see if they are now experiencing sleepless nights. Uh, any, um, they're, they're doing impulsive behaviors like uh, increase in sex, uh, a lot of socializing. If they're launching an ambitious project, like all of a sudden they have this great idea. Uh, it could be something like they're gonna write a book or two books in in you know in a matter of weeks or months. Uh, they've increased their shopping; they're spending a lot of money, things like that. They just seem to be on a manic spree, and it it doesn't have to be this, you know, social media stereotypical where it's like uh, they're buying thousands of dollars' or worth. It's just an increase, just a noticeable difference. We're like, oh. You're spending a lot this week, or you're, you're really sleeping around, or um, you, you, it's been a few nights since you haven't slept, you know, that, that's what we're looking for, we're looking for the, the the change in behavior, not, you know, not if it's something that's just normal, some people just normally don't sleep a lot, and um are walking around launching ambitious projects and and, and sleeping with whoever, and then some people go through these these phases, so... Look out for that. Now, you're like, Leo, what, what do we do? Um, lithium has been known. And now, this is not for depression. This is for people who are, who you, who are um, at the precipice of uh, suicide. Lithium has been shown to uh, diminish or reduce the suicidal uh, impulse in people. And, and thus far that's, so get to a psychologist, get to a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist is the one who can, um, uh, uh, what, what, not recommend. That's not the word, but prescribe. A psychiatrist is the one who can prescribe meds. Psychologist is somebody you can talk to about your symptoms and what you're going through. Right. So, uh, look into Lithium. Like I said, this podcast is not a substitute for you going and talking to a um, a professional, a a psychologist, a therapist or a psychiatrist. Right. So talk to them. Um, On top of that, uh, as a side note, the, uh, the show 13 Reasons Why, if you have kids, don't let them watch this show. This show is not a good show for for children. For and it's not even a good show for adults. There's been like a thirty percent increase in suicides since that show has been released. It is not a healthy show. It's not a good show. Don't watch it. And here's the problem with that show: it shows people uh, committing suicide. And the problem with that is is that it it then Because the character reaches a place of feeling hopeless and and you relate to that character, then you go, oh, well, then there's no hope versus, you know, watching something where somebody maybe uh, is thinking about it and then figures out how to live life. Groundhog's Day. And I'll put a link to that. Uh, Let me write that down. Groundhog's Day, Right. Is a much better show to watch because it is a show about someone who and I didn't I forgot this. It's an older movie with Bill Murray, um, but it's a it's a movie about a guy who thought about taking his life and, and found a way to thrive, to turn it around, found purpose, found passion, found meaning. And it took him a long time. It took him a long time. So I don't want to give the the movie away, but you, you have to watch if if there's something you want to watch with your kids, if there's something you want to watch yourself to motivate you, Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. I think it was what nineteen eighty maybe wait eighty maybe eighty six, maybe nineteen ninety, somewhere in between there. It's on Amazon Prime, it's free. I'll put a link to that in the show notes also. But stop watching 13 Reasons Why. Um, and uh, it's just not good. It's not It's not healthy. It doesn't spur the conversation uh, that I think it should. I mean, yes, people are not talking more about it. But really, what's happening is more, a lot of kids, yes, are watching it. But they're watching it by themselves. They're watching it unsupervised. They don't have their parents um, there are no there are no adults around them to help them process what they've seen, what they've heard, and what they're feeling, which is super super duper important, right? So, um, you know, anything with so even that movie, um, A Star Is Born. You know, uh, and, and if you haven't seen A Star Is Born yet, I mean, I look, there's nothing I can do, but you know, the ending is, um wow I had no idea and it should have been an alert uh, a trigger warning and you'll see that as uh, if you google a star is born you haven't seen it yet definitely um, you know make sure you're in the right you know mind frame and you have someone uh, that you can process it with or a group you can talk to about it and and uh, so you're you're just not there you don't want to watch that one alone fortunately I was with Other people, and we got a chance to talk about it, and uh, but I'm still affected by it. Truly, I I can't get the um, uh, the image uh, out of my mind. And uh, had I known, I don't know that I would have went to go see the movie that uh, that was going to be a part of it. So, um, you know, uh, now on another note, I in in this I had an audition. And, um, I hadn't had an audition in years and I, and so I'm I'm like going on YouTube and I'm trying to figure out what to do. And one of the exercises, uh, that they say to do when you are, it's called the Gallardo method. And this is a great exercise for exploring your emotions, right? The Gallardo method, G-A-L-L-A-R-D-O, um, put that in the show notes also Uh, it's an exercise to get you out of your head and into the moment and so basically there are three phrases that you will uh, repeat and fill in the blanks Uh, it's I feel I want I need so you know and you're going to fill in those blanks with the truth right you repeat the phrase as that feeling expands fully embodying you, and until another feeling surfaces and transitions, right? Um, So you would say, you know, I feel present, I want time, I need money, right? (laughs) Whatever it is, right? And you're not thinking about it, you're just saying it. You just go, you know, I feel loved, I want time, I need a hug, Like you're just going through and 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 exploring that, but and as even though I went fast, you you do want to take your time. I said don't take your time, but you want to go. I feel, and then be like, oh, what do I feel? You know, to to really get into your body to see what you feel, and then express that, and then you go into the next one. I want, what do I want, right? And then you go, I need and. And you listen for what you need, and then you say that, and then you start all over again, because you'll you'll notice that every time you go through, you're gonna feel something else, right? Because you you go, I feel, I feel, I feel relaxed. I want. I want nothing. I want nothing. I need. Uh, I need. I need a hug. Hug is good. I think I need a hug because it's kind of chilly right now. <laughs> it's real. It's L.A. Uh, you know, everybody talks about how warm L.A. is, but it can get chilly out here. Don't let this. Don't let this weather trick you. You know. Uh, so, uh, so I'm gonna leave you guys with that exercise. That that's your that's your homework assignment for the week. Is just to go through and you know when you're feeling anxious or uh, whatever or excited, maybe maybe you're having a manic moment or whatever, um, and you're just trying to get back to neutral. You're trying to get back to um, even. You know, just I feel. I want I need and fill in those blanks, right? That's the uh, the Gallardo method. Uh, I want to take this time to thank you all for listening in to another episode of before You Kill Yourself. Keep, please go on iTunes, rate it, give it to five stars, leave a comment. Uh, you can send me messages. We have a Facebook page. Before you kill yourself, is on, it's on Facebook. So get on Facebook and uh, and, and and join up and and because right now I'm doing a live on Facebook. Also, there is a Before You Kill Yourself Instagram account with the same uh, logo. So uh, uh, you know, uh, click on that and you can message me through through any of those. There's also uh, info at BeforeYouKillYourself at, before you at gmail.com if you want to send me an email or letter. Um, uh, and I, I think that's it. So, so you remember your homework, I feel, I want, I need. And, you know, if you're on a precipice, you know, before you kill yourself, you know, drink a glass of water. Drink a glass of water and just and and let go. Let go of the expectations that you're putting on yourself. Let go of the expectations everyone else has for you. Let all that go. Right? Like you don't you don't have to live up to anybody else's uh, vision of you, ideas of you, versions of you—you you don't have to live up to what you see on social media. You know what adults say or what teachers say. You know, pull out your journal and start designing your life. Start writing out who you are and what you value. Get get back to you. But let go. Just let go of everything, right? In your head, like let this all burn down, right? You don't have to burn yourself down, and and just you know restart, recoup, and get back in the game. Take a nap. Just lay. Sometimes I I tell you, just a a, 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 taking a nap in the middle of the day doesn't make you lazy. We have to recharge. And we all do it differently. You know, bears hibernate. Birds fly south for the winter. We all we all need ways to, to recharge. So take care of yourself and uh and we'll we'll talk to you soon.